Welcome back to Chew the Bible. It's a good friend at Avon. Sitting here with my favorite girlfriend, my wife, my companion, my soulmate, lover of my life, best friend I've ever had. Holy Spirit, word of God right here. <laughs> Who can I run to to fill this empty space? Who can I run to when I need love? <laughs> Here we are. We're in Isaiah chapter 28. Woe to Samaria. It's funny. That's where the woman is from, was from. The woman at the well. She was a Samaritan. They didn't. They had beef with the Jews. This is a long one, so we don't really have a whole lot of time for uh, me telling my girl crush stories right now. All right, we got twenty nine verses. All right, woe to the majestic crown of Ephraim's the head of this seal. Once again, woe to Samaria. Christian Standard Version. All right, woe to the majestic crown of Ephraim's drunkards. Into the fading flower of its beautiful splendor. Fading flower, beautiful splendor. Which is on the summit above the rich valley. Woe to those overcome with wine. Look, the Lord has a strong and mighty one, like a devastating hailstorm, like a storm with strong flooding water. He will bring it across the land with his hand. The majestic crown of Ephraim's drunkards will be trampled underfoot. The fading flower of his beautiful splendor, which is on the summit above the rich valley, will be like a ripe fig before the summer harvest. Whoever sees it will swallow it while it is still in his hand. On that day, the Lord of armies will become a crown of beauty and a diadem of splendor to the remnant of his people. Hmm. What's a diadem again? I feel like I looked at that. Diadem. A jeweled crown or headband worn as a symbol of sovereignty. I mean, with diadem equals jeweled crown headband. Well, for some reason, I'm picturing. In that movie Robin Hood, there's a fox or whatever he is. I don't know what kind of animal that is. It's not a fox. Robin Hood was a fox. But the dude who's like the little little king, I think he was like a panther. So I don't know what kind of animal that king was. The evil king who Robin Hood was stealing from, he had on this crown. I'm picturing this like crown worn as a symbol of sovereignty. God is sovereign. It's really cool. God is completely in control. And one day we'll see that. I'll have one. His diadem of splendor, his crown of splendor. A spirit of justice to the one who sits in judgment and strength to those who repel attacks at the city gate. Even these stagger 
Even these stagger because of wine and stumble under the influence of beer. Priests and prophets stagger because of beer. They are confused by wine. That was me. I was a high priest out here staggering. That was me. They stumble because of beer. They are muddled in their visions. They stumble in their judgments. Indeed, all their tables are covered with vomit. There is no place without a stench. Who is he trying to teach? Who is he trying to instruct? Infants or those weaned from milk, babies removed from the breast. Law after law. Uh, it's like they say it like a question. Say, who is he trying to teach? Who is he trying to instruct? Infants just weaned from milk, babies removed from the breast. What is I don't know what he's trying to say here. Law after law, law after law, line after line, line after line. Ooh. A little here, a little there. Whenever their Bible repeats in something that's important. For he will speak to the, this people with stammering speech and in a foreign language. He had said to them, this is the place of rest. Let the weary rest. This is the place of repose. But they would not listen. There was that but, but word. And what follows this time is not good. The word of the Lord will come to them. Law after law, law after law, line after line, line after line. A little here, a little there. So they go stumbling backward to be broken, trapped, and captured. Broken, trapped, captured. No bueno. A deal with death, death, that's the next heading. Therefore, hear the word of the Lord, you scoffers who rule this people in Jerusalem. For you said, we have made a covenant with death. And we have an agreement with Sheol. When the overwhelming catastrophe passes through, it will not touch us. Because we have made falsehood our refuge and have hidden behind treachery. Therefore, the Lord God said, look, I have laid a stone in Zion, a, test, a tested stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. The one who believes will be unshakable. Jesus equals the cornerstone. And I will make justice the measuring line and righteousness, the mason's level. Hail will sweep away the false refuge and water will flood your hiding place. Your covenant with death will be dissolved and your agreement with Sheol will not last. When the overwhelming catastrophe passes through, you will be trampled. Every time it passes through, it will carry you away. It will pass through every morning, every day, and every night. Only terror will cause you to understand the message. Mm. Indeed, the bed is too short to stretch out on, and its cover too small to wrap up in. For the Lord will rise up as he did at Mount Perizim. He will rise in wrath as, the valley of, at the valley, as at the valley of Gibeon. To do his work, his unexpected work, and to perform his task, his unfamiliar task. So now do not scoff, or your shackles will become stronger. 
Indeed, I have heard from the Lord, the God of armies, a decree of destruction for the whole land. checking my message because I don't get alerts, notifications on my phone. Or at least I got my D&D turned on and I do not disturb. So if I did get a message from somebody, I wouldn't notice it, but I'm like waiting. I thought I would hear back from a certain person, but I haven't, so it's kind of got me, uh, it's weird. Why am I like, I don't know, I feel like a little high school boy or something, a little girl, I don't know. Waiting on their little crush to message them back. Even though we didn't have text messaging back then when I was a kid. Teenager. Well, I can only imagine that would be like, I lived in the age where you had to like, once again, I think I've shared this before, I had to talk on the phone on the landline and your mom could pick up at any point and listen to your conversation and tell you to go to bed or go, yeah, get off the phone, go to bed. And yeah, or you had to like write notes. God's wonderful advice. Verse 23, listen to hear my voice. Pay attention to hear what I say. Does the plowman plow every day to plant seed? Does he continuously break up and cultivate the soil? Once again, the heading for this is God's wonderful advice. Verse 25, when he has leveled its surface, does he not then scatter back cumin and sow cumin? He plants wheat and rows and barley and plots with spelt at as their border. It was spelt again. Spelt. What is the difference between spelt and wheat? Spelt refers to an ancient wheat type with long spiklets containing two light red flattened grains, while wheat refers to a cereal grain, which is the most important kind grown in temperate countries and is ground to make flour for bread, pasta, pastry. Thus, this is the main difference between spelt and wheat. So, spelt is a distinct type of wheat. Alright, there you go. Is spelt healthier than wheat? Spelt flour has a similar nutritional profile to common wheat. It is slightly higher in protein, but also slightly lower in insoluble fiber. Spelt is also higher in some important vitamins. Consuming spelt as part of a healthful diet may provide the following benefits. Improve cholesterol levels, reduce blood sugar, health, heart health, better digestion, weight management, reduce risk of diabetes. Hmm, maybe I should start eating some spelt. Hmm. Of course, Sprouts has organic spelt and red quinoa. Hmm, that's good. Sorry, I'm getting distracted, y'all. His God teaches him order. He instructs him. 
certainly black cumin is not threshed with a threshing board and a cartwheel is not rolled over the cumin. But black cumin is beaten out with a stick and cumin with a rod. Bread grain is crushed, but is not threshed endlessly through the wheel of the farmer's cart rumbles. Though the wheel of the farmer's cart rumbles, his horses do not crush it. This also comes from the Lord of Armies. He gives wondrous advice. He gives great wisdom. Hmm. What is going on here? I've, yeah, this is like Isaiah is like one of the hardest. I'm gonna say hard, but it's a challenging book for me because it's like there's not like a flow to it. At least to me, there's not. It's not like a story. It's like all these like prophetic things being spoken out. And I don't fully understand what's going on here. So I time a lot of farming. I don't know how to farm. I'm not a farmer, so I can't fully relate. Mm, yum. All done with my tea. Hopefully the sleepy vibes kick in. I'm already still starting to feel a little bit sleepy. All right, here we go. I should have drank this like an hour when I first got home. Although Isaiah's primary message was to Judah, God also used these the Tony Evans notes, by the way, for all my new listeners. Although Isaiah's primary message was to Judah, God also used him to speak to the northern kingdom in the last years before its decimation by the Assyrians. Ephraim was a common name for the northern nation of Israel since it was the most prominent of its ten tribes. Israel's pitiful spiritual leaders were nothing more than drunks. Mm. God turned the mocking of Israel's prophets and priests who'd been harassing Isaiah back on them. Isaiah said, in effect, if you don't want to listen to God's spokesman delivering his message of warning and judgment, then you will hear it from a people whose language you do not know. They would hear it from the Assyrians. Though the warnings in this chapter were directed against the northern kingdom, the Lord also had a word for Judah, particularly those who ruled in Jerusalem. They had made a strange boast. Evidently and foolishly, these corrupt leaders were affirming their confidence in their alliance with Egypt to save them from the Syrian invasion. This statement may also reflect their belief in false gods, since death was often personified as a god in the pagan religions practiced around them. Hmm, interesting. Apostle Paul saw this fulfilled in the Lord Jesus Christ, the stone in Zion. See Romans 9.33. The unfamiliar task was severe judgment. They're talking about verse 21. Where it says, For the Lord, Lord will rise as he did at Mount Parazim. He will rise in wrath as at the valley of Gibeon due to his to do his work, his unexpected work, and to perform his task, his unfamiliar task. And here the note says, severe judgment. That's what the unfamiliar task is. Not just judgment, not just any judgment, severe judgment. Let's see here, what did he do? It's a parasum. That was back in Second Samuel and First Chronicles. 
And then what is uh, Gibeon? That was in Josiah 10.10, 10, 2 Samuel 5.25, and 1 Chronicles 14. Interesting. All right. That's it. God administers some severe judgment. I don't really remember a whole lot of stuff. A lot of that stuff. I'll have to go back and read it. What happened at Mount Parazim and what happened at Gibeon? Heavenly Father, thank you for this word. Thank you, Lord, that you're here to console me when I am trying to fill a void as I've been accused of doing. <laughs> thank you, Lord, that you don't, you don't, you are the greatest void filler of all time. You designed me so that I would go to you when I would feel voids like this, when I would feel sad and lonely and and uh, try to go to a woman to have that void filled. Here you are, right here, saying, Aaron, come to me. All you who are weary, labored, and heavy laden down with relationship burdens. And I'll give you rest. I'll give you peace. Thank you, Lord, for this word. Lord, I don't fully understand everything I'm reading here in Isaiah chapter 28. But I do like this part where it says that Jesus is, yeah, talking about a precious cornerstone. Therefore, the Lord God said, look, I have laid a stone in Zion. Yes, a tested stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. The one who believes will be unshakable. Yes, God, thank you that I am unshakable because of your son, Jesus, who is that cornerstone, that foundation. You've been tested in every way. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And lastly, Lord, yes, let's flip to Romans 5 real quick. Because that was the scripture I got a chance to read. Let's see here. That was the scripture that I read at the prayer meeting when we all took turns reading some different scriptures. I was assigned Romans 5 about perseverance. So I'm going to read it out loud before bed. Because this is what I'm dealing with right here. Boom. It says, faith triumphs. Now, last time, yeah. Here we go. Therefore, since we have been declared righteous by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. I, Aaron J. Yancey, have also obtained access through Jesus by faith into this grace in which I stand and I rejoice in this hope of in the glory of God. And not only that, but I also rejoice in my afflictions. Like, yes, like rejection from women, making mistakes in my relationships with women, uh, afflictions of dealing with my baby mama, not returning my emails in a timely manner, or just not like a smooth process of seeing the kids and being a part of their lives, my kids and not responding to my text messages. Apparently the phone is broke, so I can't call them. And then, yeah, anyway. God, you know all these things, these light of fixed afflictions. I'm not even going to list them all. They could be a whole lot worse. There's pain in my right side and I've been dealing with. I need to go see a doctor about this awkward feeling I have in my left ear. My left node sometimes feeling swollen. Just, yeah, other stuff. God, there's just so much stuff going on. 
I'm just glad it could be a whole lot worse. So I thank you, Lord. These are light afflictions. So yeah. I re- yeah, all the student loan debt. A hundred and twenty something grand in student loans. $28,000 in child support, however much I'm behind. Thirteen grand in collections that I needed, like, do I have deleted before the end of the month? Therefore, since we have been, I have been declared righteous by faith, I have peace with God through my Lord Jesus Christ. I have obtained access through him by faith into this grace in which I stand. And I rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but I also rejoice in my afflictions. Because I know that these afflictions produce endurance. And endurance produces proven character. And not just any character, but your godly character, Lord. And proven character produces hope. This hope will not disappoint me because your love, God, has been poured out in my heart through the Holy Spirit who has, who was given to me. Thank you, Lord, for your Holy Spirit that's sitting right here, comforting me. Even though I can't see the Holy Spirit soon, yeah, be with me as I sleep. Surround me with your angels, fill me with your power, your love, your joy. Thank you, Lord. There's no one like you, Lord. Thank you. There's no one like you, God. There's no one like you, God. There's no one like you, God. Help me to never forget that. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Help those listening to never forget that. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. All right, y'all. I can feel the sleepy, the sleepy Z's coming through. So for some reason, still can't sleep, then I'll be back to record another one. All right, y'all. I'll holla. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned or missed the mark or veered off the path and fallen short of the glory of God or God's perfect standard. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of the cost of that sin is death or eternal separation from God. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans 5a says, But God demonstrated his love toward us or showed his love toward us in that while we were still yet sinners, Jesus Christ died for us. Romans 10 verse 9 through 10 says that if we will confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, we will, not might be, not maybe, we will be saved. For with our hearts we believe we are now in right standing with God and with our mouths we confess that we are now saved. Lastly, Romans 10 verse 13 says that whosoever, anybody or everybody who calls upon the name of the Lord, they will be saved. So if you never asked Jesus into your heart or you've walked away from him and you would like to rededicate your life to him, you can just simply say, dear God, I know I'm a sinner. I know my sin deserves to be punished. I believe Jesus Christ is the son of God who died for me and rose from the grave. I want to turn from my sin and trust Jesus Christ alone as my Savior. Thank you for the forgiveness and everlasting life I can now have through faith in Jesus. In Jesus' mighty, precious name I pray. Amen.